Coming up in this episode of the KitCast, we have a book that teaches kids about circuits, and it's actually fun. A fabric barbecue and an inventory management system so you never forget the eggs. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KitCast, the podcast where we go out, find cool projects, and let you know if you should backtrack or sack them. I am one half of the show, KT Data, but no, 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 no. You guys come for the man, the machine himself, and Stop. the fedora master, the one and only Drew Tyler. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm very good. Life is good. I'm t- I am rocking like the life. You know, I'm that good. Yeah, I'm that good. Yeah. You know, I'm. Not, I, 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 you know, I didn't want to mention this earlier, but I'm not gonna lie. Ever since you've gotten your new fedora you seem to have a little bit more hop in your step and you're already bubbly yeah. before but like now you're like i'm king of the world rocking my I even, fedora I even, you can't see it hold on i got a haircut too oh look at that i even have it spiked a little bit today Ooh, fancy. so those things combine to really make me yeah king of the world i, I yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm on the front bow of a ship i am i am struck out <laughs> whoa and I love the princess sticker that's on on your shirt. <laughs> that is great. I just barely noticed that. You that? that is amazing. Tonight, it's a half of a mermaid Barbie. So she's a princess mermaid Barbie um, that I was bequeathed from the three year old, and I, you know, it's gonna stay. I mean, yeah, you know. So I, I honestly hope that you know when you retire, settle down, the kids are out of the house, and you start your memoirs. You you, <laughs> you, you title your book "Life of a." Um, Life of a Fedora, the Life story of, of Drew Tyler. Right there. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Life of a Fedora. <laughs> all ah. right. So, all right, guys. We got a lot to um, do. Yeah, we, we got a show to do. So, before we jump into our projects tonight, of course, we have amazing news. We, well, we have news on there. And the first one gets me excited because one of the things that is very important about a Kickstarter project um, and I think in comp- in most companies in general is having good transparency. Um, and you know, you all you hear on the show often. Drew and I will say, "Hey, whatever you do, be transparent to your backers on there." Um, and I think Kickstarter does a great job by being transparent about um, what happens to them. So, as this is another question that I get a lot: is, "Hey, what happens if somebody tries to launch a product that's copywritten, or you know, somebody actually owns other rights?" How, right. how does that handle? And I'm like, oh, I, I think that is fairly rare on there. So um, a couple, oh, about a week ago, Kickstarter actually posted up a transparency report for 2014. This is so there. cool. Um, and what they did was they're like, okay, so this is the breakdown of how many legal related actions that we've had to take care of um, in, in, in the past year on there. So in terms of copyright claims, um, of course, our favorite, the digital and Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Um, oh yes, the sweet DMCA. DMCA on there. Um, that you know, it it is a you know a mechanism that people can use if their content is being infringed. On there, um, they received two hundred eighty-two claims in two thousand fourteen, which is actually really a lot lower than I thought it would yes. be. Like just for claims, I thought, yes. wow, really, of all the projects out there, only two hundred forty. And claims yes, yeah. and then to put that into perspective, since you can actually file more than one DMCA claim to a project, really it was only two hundred forty separate projects mm-hmm. on there, which equates out to be about point three percent of all projects on Kickstarter. Yeah, it's not bad, not bad at so all. So that is actually actually, I think that's a fairly low number on there. And then they even broke it down 
further because some companies will just stop there saying this is how right. many we've gotten but they even broke it down further saying out of those 282 they rejected 159 of those or 56 percent of them and then they took some action for 44 percent of them of these claims on there so you know if you, you see that most of the time they're like <laughs> eh those are baseless accusations bug off on there which is you know it's it's a good sign especially for creators who are afraid that somebody may try to shut their project down for some reason or another on there. Um, and they only had 46 of those projects actually get hidden because of a copyright infringement. Um, and I, I, you know, I could tell you there's probably a couple of them. Like I think somebody wanted to port Mario 64 or something. Right. Something yeah. like very obvious ones on there. Sure. Um, so that was the DMCA's. So trademarks, those are a little bit different on there. Um, and this this is what actually surprised me because a name is everything. Branding is very important in projects, and I thought that might be actually fairly high because you're running out of names. I mean, we're at the point where our URLs are short vowels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for trademark claims, they only received 28 trademark claims. 12 of them, they didn't do any action. 12 of them, they hid from public view, and only four of them did they go to the project creator and the person who actually put up the trademark claim and said, Hey, you two guys should, uh, work things out on hmm. there. So on there. And then this is the one that you always hear from everybody else is usually government and law enforcement requests on there. In 2014, only eight requests were submitted to Kickstarter, six of them being in the U S and two of them being in Europe hmm. out of the eight, only three of them were legal subpoenas. And then they didn't even get any information for the other five on there. And then the kicker, so you know, the NSA, CIA stuff that you always hear about are usually national security letters or from what they call a FISA court, FISA court. On there, Kickstarter has received a big fat zero. None of those. <laughs> so that is always a good sign that people are not hiding things in their products. Right, right. <laughs> on there. So um I got to say big kudos to Kickstarter and you know they're practicing what they preach by being transparent on everything right here. So that's our first bit of news. So our second bit of news, we hop on over to what I would say is Kickstarter's biggest competitor, which is Indiegogo. And it actually brings up another topic that we bring up often is and this is for backers is that right. when you back a project you need to have do your own due diligence to find out if you think these guys can actually deliver their product and right. get their projects through or not. So, that should be actually key, very first yes, thing. And so very Indiegogo's got some stuff I mean, for yeah, that. Yeah, because I, I tell people, treat it like you're investing into this company. So Indiegogo has actually introduced a new feature called Campaigner Profile Cards on there. Um, and what that does is actually give you more information about the campaign team the, each individual person's and actually links to verified accounts. So if they have a LinkedIn account, if they have a Facebook account, they do. Those guys have to do a backend verification process, and you can link in. They want to promote being able to contact people directly, project creators directly, because that is actually something that I've discovered that Kickstarter does slightly a little bit better. And this actually brings it on to par because I I struggle finding contact information for people <laughs> on theirs, and this they built it right in. Um, if you want, if you want to see it, it's going to be right under the video, um, and it will just say their name, and you can click on it, 
and then it'll pop up a new section that shows you all the team members, a little bit about the information, how to contact them, and you know their their impact too. So you can see if they've backed project if not on there. So I, I'm a, I'm a big fan about this. Um, you know, yeah, it seems to make a good sense. It seems like a, a good idea to be able to help you with that due diligence that you should be doing anyway. So put it all right out there, where you can get the information, find out who the team is, see that they're verified. This is great. All right, and then before we kick off our projects, there are actually two that I'd like to give quick mentions to because actually I forgot to mention these guys on our last episode, and I apologize to you guys. Um, there's a project that launched called KitLab, and it is essentially what you do is um, – Drew, I know you have zero experience in this. <laughs> but for homebrewers, you know, homebrewing is a very big hobby that people are picking up on there, and what – KitLab is essentially a website you can go to where different homebrewers will put their recipes up and you can actually order all the supplies and everything for that and they will deliver it and bring it to you. So what KitLab is doing is trying to get funds to put up their web to get this website fully functional, finish off the coding and help advertise and you know get this business off the ground. So if you guys are a homebrewer, check out KitLab on Kickstarter. They have about 17 days to go and come. Um, a little bit long way, so any a little, any little bit helps on there. And our, yeah. our our second quick mention, Drew. Um, you know, I'm gonna let you take this one. Oh, I've got another quick mention that I'll share, and this one is from a uh, one of the teams that I've been working with with my uh, filmmaking class. I've got five teams. One's making a documentary, and four others are making a uh, feature film. Well, feature films. There'd be a 30, 40 minutes is what we're aiming for, and that's quite a bit to pull off in a 15-week semester. And several of the teams have put in their own funds to kind of get themselves off the ground and to get the props made and things like that. So this is a sh- uh, one of the films called Nero. It's a sci-fi film. They've kind of taken upon themselves to to try and recoup some of the costs. They they bought some some uh, hardware, some props, and, and obviously they're putting in all kinds of time for the grade. But what they're looking for is to recoup some of the costs that they've had in this particular um, venture that I've set them forth on. So give it a look. This is Nero. It'll be in the show notes. You'll be able to jump over. They've got about halfway to their goal, $214 out of 450 with another two weeks to go. We screen these at the end of the month, and I would love to see this project uh, kick over the goal so that they could have some recouping. They have – they um out of all the teams, these guys have been hitting the deadlines most consistently. So I, I feel very good about their, their end project. Um, yeah, that's a quick mention, but – they are on schedule and they are doing well and they deserve your help. Support those college kids. Yes. They're eating ramen for goodness sake. Do it sake. for the kids, guys. Do it for the kids and, you know. There's... And there's like four other teams that could certainly <laughs> could have jumped in and done this exact same. Like There, there are others who yeah. could have done yeah, this. Just do it for the kids and, you know, if it's successful, Drew may give them an A. If not, they may yeah, get right. a C plus. I'm just I, I'm not saying that it may influence the grade or anything, but it, <laughs> it, it's, it's a good, you know, bullet point to put in on your That's final it. script. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought about doing something hilarious where it'd be like I had all these deadlines and then really in fine print, what they never noticed was that I was grading totally on whether or not they could make me cry. Make me feel some sort of like some arbitrary thing and just be like, uh, you win. No. The, uh, <laughs> No, these guys deserve. It. These are there's a, a lot of good good talent um, in this class, so I hope to see it. All right, so let's jump into our project, and this actually kind of relates a little bit back to you, Drew, because I know you're an educator, and sure. you, know, you know, and a parent too, an educator and a parent. And let me ask yeah, you, what is what is one of the hardest things to do with your kids when it comes to school? Is to actually you know 
the sit, homework. Sit down and learn, right? Sit down and get the learning done. Like they'll get stuff in school and then they come home and they've got to re like, process it and apply it. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, then, it's not let's a, see, how old are your kids right now? Oldest is eight. And then eight. I've got, it's so almost six. Of one, does, almost she, does she, so does your six year old and your eight year old have a sound um, basis on circuit theory yet? No, one of them speaks half of Chinese, but no circuit theory. No. <laughs> All right. So our first our first project of the night is actually going to help solve that problem right there. And it's called Fun with Circuits, and it is essentially a toy that is meant actually aimed for six to ten year olds to learn about circuits. And this is when I get all nerdy and sciency on there. So yeah. it's um, it's it, it. There's two two pieces to it. So there's a storybook and then a magnetic connectors and blocks that they can put together. So as you read the story, each each section, you know, you start building different circuits and learning a little bit more about electronic circuits. <laughs> so this is cool. And so you have these builder pieces. So they're all magnetically applied to each other, and you have things like a switch and a light. And, you know, a propeller and stuff. So when you put them together, you can start seeing things come together and working on there. And it gets kids, you know, really excited about this. And I wish I had this growing up. Right. On there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, their their whole goal is to make it not over, over the top, you know. We're not pulling out math equations or anything right off the block. It's just to help them understand how a circuit actually works and understand the concepts behind them. Um, I, I love it because they, they break it down. It's like... This also helps develop their reading skills because they're reading the stories, learning about what a circuit is. I mean, how many of you guys understand how a circuit works? Um, they learn how to make them. They also learn troubleshooting because what ha- you know they got to figure out why their circuit's not working, and then it teaches them problem solving too because they're trying to figure out all of that. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of this, and all of you guys probably know I am a huge, huge, huge science geek, and I like the story they found behind this because. They were there. Um, the, one of the creators was looking to get a um, electronic kit for her nephew, but she was looking, and all of them were, you know, you gotta, you gotta either have a parent who really well, is well, well versed in all of this, or you gotta have, um, you know, or or it's just like the books just way over. It's not really accessible on there, so they decided right. to build their own kit on here. Um, and I'm all, I'm all for getting people excited into STEM stuff. So that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics on there. Um, when I was a kid, I was always, I always wanted to do that. Like I saw this giant radio shack kits and stuff. Yes. I, always, I always wanted one of those kits to put together. Um, I, I, I had a few of them. Yeah. But well, how often did you play with them? This is my question. I remember playing with them one Christmas break because I got like they they used to have names like the two hundred and one science projects or fifty and one and that would be how big the the board would be that would have all the little wires and you'd get these tiny wires and I still can't say that I learned much but I knew how to read the the book that would be like connect number fifty nine to number twenty two connect number twenty two then to number four right and you're doing these little wires use a blue wire and I remember being able to make radios I made uh, uh, sonars I mean just really random cool things and made the hard ones and the easy ones. But I don't know that I learned anything in that whole process. It was more of, look, you know, I, I can call follow the instructions, but I still can't tell you what's resisting and ohming. So this is a fantastic idea that they've got this kind of fun with circuits book that's at that six, seven, eight year level. Yeah, and and I love it. And if you look at the book themselves, some of the anima- the the illustrations on there, I must say animations, the illustrations on there, they're really well sound. So if you, if you look at the cover page, you see that one side it has a story of the two girls trying to figure out what they're going, and the other side actually has the circuit diagram 
that they can copy. So it's not just a jumble of wires on there. You, you it, it helps them saying they're like, okay, I need to put that yellow block there. I need to put that green block there. And all these blocks are labeled too. So you know what a switch is, you know what the lamp is, you, you know what everything is. And it's, I think it's a great idea. Um, this one is a straight back for me. I, I don't have any kids, but if I ever have kids, this is the stuff. You'll pull I, out the book. This, yep. this is this is the stuff because I I I love this aspect of it because I know when I was growing up I loved all this stuff but I knew most kids would probably get bored with it because it's just so straight laced. But this, when you have a story, you're like, oh, what happens next? I they actually have a blog and they were putting up stories on there, and there was cool. this one girl who actually um, they were at a children's museum play testing this. And then the girl was like, um, I'm not really interested. But the mom was like, oh, come on, try it, try it. And after goading her to build her first circuit, so she agreed to build one circuit. After she built that first one, she was reading the story. Oh, I want to know what happens next. So she flips the page, starts reading, and starts building a second circuit. And by the end of it, she's like, can I take this home with me? This is amazing. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, so it, it's a back for me. So what is it, backtrack or sack yeah, you, Drew? back for me as well. I think, I, I mean, I love, I love STEM as much as the next guy. But um, I like that there's there's still an artistic flavor to this, you know, because I because I always go for steam with a little bit of art mixed in there. But I but I like that they put this into a story and that they're combining it in this way that's deliverable to this younger age. So it's a back for me. Perfect. All right. So um, as we go from the educational realm, we go. You know, unlike the weather outside, for some reason it snowed in Utah today in the middle of April. Oh man, and it was it was quite a downpour for quite a while. There. <laughs> yes. It was like full on. Yeah, it was literally Let's... raining mud. Dirt. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like I walked to my car, which was two steps away from my building. My jacket is actually covered in dirt right now, dried dirt just from the rain yep. on there. So, yep. um, but but summer is coming up, and everybody loves to you know go out and barbecue. Barbecuing is a big, big, big thing in summer. So, Drew, um, how about we kick off this next project that actually will help if you like barbecuing and being on the go? Yeah, if you love barbecue and ghost places, this is the project for you. We found one on Indiegogo called the GoBQ, and it's a fabric-based barbecue that is going to be uh, perfect for anybody that wants to keep barbecuing but not stuck to their backyard. This thing is kind of, I mean, if you think about it, Anytime you grill, you are going to be stuck in your backyard because that's where your grill is. Unless you throw that in a tailgate and you go to a tailgate party. You got to lug all that all around. Lug that around, right? So anytime that you've gone camping or just into the picnic, I hate using the grills that are the picnic, that you know, the park that are like, they're not real grills. You have to bring everything to set up and then all it is is really just like this metal, rusted metal nastiness. Yeah, and do you trust the person who used it before oh, no. if they... No. <laughs> Right? Not at all. So this GoBQ is this revolutionary kind of lightweight fold-up fabric grill. Fits up in a backpack, stores in a drawer just fine. Look at this guy setting this thing up. He just carries it in. It's about eight pounds, and all of the parts and pieces just fit together. Top, bottom. This is amazing to me. Yeah, he pulls he, it out. He set it up in like five lid. minutes. Not even yeah. five minutes. This is like two minutes, and he's he's done. Like yep, he puts It's crazy it. quick. Puts the charcoal in, and he pulls out the the grate that goes over the top, and then the the bag itself becomes the lid. Now, what I'm trying to figure out, obviously, is that when it goes, you know, if we're talking about the fabric side of things, the materials. Well, how does how does this work? I don't it's understand. Magic. It's magic. On there. I don't understand. Um, but so what what happens is actually the fabric's actually coated silicon coated. 
fiberglass okay. on there, and it actually can withstand temperatures up to twelve hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Six hundred forty-eight for you guys in the rest of the world. Heavy duty silicone coated fiberglass fabric. Uh, yeah, but that that is so I. I grill on gas mostly in my backyard because I, I bought a big grass gas grill like ten years ago and I'm still using it. But I love the flavor of charcoal. I if I had one of these, I would pull it out in the backyard, you know, ten times as often, and then I would take it everywhere with me because it just travels so nicely, and you'd still get that fun grilling. So, so, so you're you're not like Hank Hill where it goes Strickland propane, taste the meat, <laughs> not the heat. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I'm actually I prefer the charcoal. I absolutely love I love a good grill. Man, I this is a fantastic idea. Just the idea that, that portable grills have always been based in metal, and that means bulky. And then in you the gotta video, w- yeah. when you're transporting them after you're finished, you gotta wait for it to cool down. This actually cools down quicker than metal. Yeah. the The best part of this video is that if you watch it, they have this shot where a guy has a an old style grill strapped to his back with duct tape. I don't know if you saw that in there. But it's like seven it's like all across here and across there. And then on his back is this like turtle shell of an old grill. Anyway. I love this. I this is definitely back for me. They've already they've already funded by about five grand over two hundred and seventy five people have backed this. Um it's fixed funding. I believe it's good to go for another two and a half weeks or so. But um Wow, I don't know for for the for the backing of it. What are we talking about? One hundred one hundred twenty bucks. Does that sound right? Uh, yes, one hundred twenty dollars. If you want the you base. get one go one gobecue grill, and that's just for the portability. I think that alone is worth it. So for I, me, back. Yeah, for me, it's a back too. I wish I had this when I was going to school. I, I totally leave this in my car, and you know, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to eat school food on there. <laughs> Um, that, that's great. I mean, the price, I don't think it's that bad. Um, especially as considering how portable that you're getting it at. And I, I think it's perfectly fine and it's cool. On there. cool. Um, and setup is a breeze too. Cause I mean, even with a propane one, it takes longer than this to set up on there. So I love it quick in and out and, you know, nice compact too. So I don't have to worry about strapping things into my tiny car on there. So, um, of course, when you're barbecuing, you have a lot of ingredients and everything, right? And then let 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 me let me ask you, Drew, if this has been something that's happened to you before. You're like, all right, I'm gonna you know make this for dinner on there. Then you go to the fridge and you're like, I need six eggs, and there's only one in the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> <Has> that, <laughs> way too often. That, I, I mean, that happens. I think all of us have had this problem, and, and our next project it hopes to solve this. It is called the Smart Q Sign. And it is actually a system to remotely monitor inventory in general. So, Interesting. Um, their, their, their example is usually milk, eggs, and stuff on there. And what it is is it's actually a system that uses a smartphone app which and then pairs with these little pads on there. Uh, and there's two different kinds of pads. And this is where the genius comes in, I think. Um, they have a gold pad, which is kind of like your master pad that communicates with your phone. And then they have these silver pads, which are more like slave that communicate just with the gold pad. So you only need one gold pad and you could have like five silver pads all communicating at once to that. And in the app, you'll see each individual pad on there. Um, and so what it does is it you, you hook it up, you put whatever you want that's full on there. So you put, say you put a full carton of milk on there and then you can actually set notifications on your phone. So I love how they actually design the notifications. There's three different ways of doing notifications. You can do a time-based one. So say you're like, okay, I know I get out of the office at five. 
on there. So maybe at 4.50, my phone's going to ring reminding me I need to go grab more milk when it detects that my milk levels are too low. Or, and I, I like this, <laughs> um, say that, um, and this, this is actually great for you know elderly people who don't go out of the house much. So say they're running low on, food, on um, some supplies like eggs or something. You can set it so the application actually will email somebody else. So say it would email me hey. saying, oh, grandma's out of eggs. I'm going to pick up some eggs on my way home and go drop them off for grandma so she has hmm. a full set of eggs on there. Or if you're fancy and you have a grocery guy, you could like, notify your grocery guy saying, hey, we're out of flour or something. And the grocery guy will bring it next time he de- makes a delivery. Um, and then the last one is a geolocation one where, say, you go you go to the store, it dings like, oh, I need to pick up some milk um, so you don't forget when you're actually at the store because that has happened to where I've gone. The one thing you go for, it. You yeah, end it's up like, I got to go get more bread. I walk out with all this junk food. I get home. I didn't get the bread. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, why does this happen? <laughs> On there. Um, and so each of these pads actually, use, they don't have rechargeable bases or anything. They actually just use watch batteries, the CR2032 batteries. They, those last about six months on there. <laughs> and, of course, following my favorite technology, uh, you guys probably think it's my favorite technology. It has Bluetooth in there. <laughs> That's how it communicates to your phone um, on there. And, I, you know, I, I love this idea because I've seen different approaches to doing inventory. Like some of them are like, okay, I'm gonna, you're going to scan your UPC code and it's going to be able to tell you there. Or you have to put like specially tags on them. On the, mm-hmm. This, you just got to set it down and you, you're good to go. It doesn't have to just be eggs, milk, or anything. I, I think they do it on a weight-based um, system. On there, so you could, I mean, here's a picture of them where they're stacking cans on top of each other. So you take off one can, it can tell that there's only 50% left on there. And you can program it saying, hey, if there's 50% left, that means I only have one can left. So it should remind me to get more later on there. So I, I, I love this idea. And I love how they're actually trying to keep your cost down by having the gold pad and the silver pad on right, there. Because right. if you had all gold pads, I think that would get very cost prohibitive on there. So what do you think about this way of managing things, Drew? This one's this one's tricky for me because I think overall I love the idea. I love this idea that that you can keep track of things from from afar. You can be aware of what's going on. Um, it's it's it has merit. Uh, I guess my hardship is that I, I share my fridge with small children, and they're always in and out of it. And so having everything in my fridge, or at least the things I want to monitor, my eggs, probably my my milk. Your, your secret eggs. candy supply that you have in there. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I totally want to see if something just, <laughs> I just think I think in my fridge it would be, it's just probably top. I mean, they look, the pad that they show the demo is, is the size of like a half gallon milk jug. Um, and I usually will, will often have a, a milk jug and a half you know, two full gallon milk jugs in my fridge. And so I just, I don't know, the, a little bit farther down, they say if they get to their stretch goal of 150,000, they have a, a four a four by four pad, like, you know, where you have four sections on the same pad. That, if it were a little larger, would make sense to me. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's a track for me overall. I think the idea is wonderful. I, I'm still looking for something that's... Um, less one-off and more like built into the whole shelf of my fridge. And and I know they can't do that. They're not manufacturing fridges. But for me, I think that's where I would go, something that was that way. Or even just a camera that's inside the fridge so I'm at the store, I can turn on this infrared, <laughs> you know, see the dark camera and I can be like, ah, let's see, I think that's milk. Yep, 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 I got some. I got some, I'm good. I don't know, that's 
I like the idea. Um, I just feel like it's too too singular right now for me. Like I, I, just I, just, have- I just thought of a great use case for you because I know you check out cameras for your students to go film on there. I have all these on there so you know which camera is actually checked out on there. Uh-huh. <laughs> So then I just have to look at my app, and every one of the cameras is it's not sitting on its pad. It must be gone. Yeah. Mm. See? See? Something. Not something. <laughs> I mean, it, it has things. For me, it is a track, too, just because, um, you know, I, I, I love it. The price point's not that bad, to be honest with you, on there. Um, That's true. Uh, on like for one gold pad and three silvers, mm-hmm. they're $110 plus the shipping, so $130. That's, that is not bad yeah. for four for measuring four things. And I think that's where I was getting hung up is I'd like to know how much I could really measure out. Yeah. So, so for, for me, it's a track just because I don't have a lot of consumables on there. I, I've, I, I've trained myself enough to know not to buy a lot of stuff considering there's only two of us in my whole entire house on there. Although we have Costco memberships. Um, <laughs> And big big items come through the door. (laughs) But um, uh, on there, I I, I love the idea. I love the implementation. What actually, you know, and they're actually starting to solve this is because this uses Bluetooth right there. So if your phone is not within Bluetooth range of the gold pad um, to get constant updates, that may be a little bit of a problem on there because – yeah, would it send it any other way? Because obviously you're going to check this when you're at the store. Yeah. You can check it somewhere else, and I want to get an up to date like where it's at. So what? So they're developing a hybrid Bluetooth slash Wi Fi hub on there. But I've seen so many mm. solutions for that where I'm going to have like 800 Bluetooth Wi Fi hubs in my house um, mm-hmm. on there, and that's that's the only thing that's slightly drawing me back on there. But I still think it's a great idea, especially if you have a lot of consumables. You know, you have a lot of kids, or you bake a lot, you cook a lot. Um, you know, or you, you know, you tools and or not tools. Um, like you know, screws and stuff, things that you will be parting out a lot. I think this will be a great thing on there. So it is a track for me. And if they get close, I may end up getting a set, you know, on there. And then I'll, I'll know when somebody's raiding my candy yeah, stash. Yeah. Like I'm just think about it, Drew, because I know you hide my your candy. candy. Just put it in your drawer so you know when you need to restock and you know when your students are stealing your candy. That's good. That's a good idea. <laughs> Sometimes I walk in my office and the door will like like the, it has auto lights, but mm-hmm. I'll come in the first thing in the morning and my lights are already on and I just go, "Wait a minute, <laughs> who's eating my candy?" <laughs> See, on there, so um, and so that is the smart cue sign, and of course, our, our last thing is our sack of the week. Sack of the week, and this Which is so much fun to find. This 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 one is a winner because I will tell you straight off. When I when I read it, because he didn't have a video, of course, on there, course, I no, had no idea what he was trying to fund <laughs> with one hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> this one is gold, and uh, and honestly, I, I think the reason why we came up with our sack of a week is because we hate to say that we'd sack something because everybody's here throwing themselves out in the world. The ones that we do find are ones that that we think just have haven't done any sort of diligence to figure out what they're supposed to do. So take a look at this one. This one is really... Tell me if if you can figure out what this is, just by the project title. On the Origin of Civilizations. This is a good-looking guy. I'll give you that. It's a (laughs) good-looking guy. So this guy is looking for $150,000, and after parsing his text that he put on here, I think it's a movie... (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> trying to figure out where that was. Con- oh, you know where the only place that I found that was like confirmed was where I pledge one dollar or more. This is one tier. Cop- one yeah, tier. one tier. You get a copy of the movie if you pledge a dollar on there. Um, and like his the, the about the project section, he just starts rambling. Can I read this? Can I read this? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I was born in Finland, and I wondered why Finnish or existential flag still uses swastika, as do Indians in Buddhism and Brahmanium and Hinduism. Also, why Finnish language only related to some people above Arctic circles in Estonia and across the Baltic Sea. Studied history for 10 years, found out about an island continent 42,000 years ago in the north, uniting North Pole and Scandinavia, but not Russia. It was warm but dark, and Aryans very white. Like, it just keeps, like... Yeah, it just keeps going, and you're like, we're... What? Bottom, but the bottom's awesome. Like he talks about the the first flood, which became Gilgamesh and Noah's flood, and priest Terah escaped to Ur, son named after Brahma, Abraham, wife Sarah. Like this is the stuff that I would expect on somebody that was like keyword stuffing, right? Or yeah. doing some horrible SEO thing. But no, it's just it just goes and, and goes. The, the, this this is what what gets me is because he says I have twenty years experience as CEO of multi billion companies. <laughs> 10 years as board member of startups, vast network of celebrities, including Bill Murray and Joe Montana, contact with many studios, and done two short movies on YouTube, plus lots of commercials. And that's his risks and challenges. That's but- his risks and challenges. I don't know how that is a risk or a challenge on there. And yeah. I'm- so I, I got I to put this out there because I feel like perhaps this man really did have a very successful run and maybe he's got Alzheimer's and somebody led him too near to the Kickstarter and he launched something, right? Because honestly, it's like, oh, where are you? So maybe there's some sort of mental issue going on here. But in the way of Sack of the Week, uh, it's a fun read. Yeah, so like, there's, I, I have to say, there's two tr- two-prong approach on this that's wrong. One, the Kickstarter project itself is just not even close to being what, what it needs it? to be on there. What? And on the other side, you know, I I have not produced a full featured film for myself, but it does not seem like on a production side he's organized either. (laughs) You know, it's like, does what is his actual story with, you know, unless we're going to get an eight hour epic on the history of civilizations? It says, I checked, I didn't realize he had an update, but he says on his update on my website, The Willens, Tom. You will find Finnish women and spirituality movies I made years ago, inspiring me to do full-length movie for History Channel and Discovery Channel. So, uh, uh, apparently on there, you'll find spirituality. Well, uh, And then this is the other thing. When the website he links to is like his family website. So, it's just like... Again, like almost something that was made just for this. But if you read through his bio under his page... He worked for Jim Beam, Jim Beam Worldwide. So maybe that explains it. Yeah, it was just a so, bend. he's on a bender. All right. So yeah, and then I'm. I'm this is his out of the world's Finland Women in Power. As the best place to live, in essence, uh, the latest paradise on Earth. Uh, this is what he's claiming that he's created. The same conclusion in a 2010. There's no actors in this. A correlation oh, it's just straight animation. Property, yeah. Where Finland and all its neighbors showed up as what? the least religious countries. And in the top for income per capita, oh, it's been up for three years, and three hundred seventy people Finland, love it. Which receives a tiny amount in comparison to that uh, of public schools in Finland. Always shows up near the. the could also show that issues like East control of Europe between Sweden and the West. I don't even know what this video is talking about. And Finland, Finland women in power. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Oh, you went to Finland women in power. <laughs> I went to spirituality, where it's spelled different on his page. Well, I guess you know it's foreign. I can't can't fault him for the spelling. 
How many views did yours get? Uh, I don't even know. We're, I got to open it again to see. Finished uh, women? 598 oh, five... views, no comments, and from 2012. Well, if he's producing videos with no actors, <laughs> he's got something. I, I need to figure this out. How does he do this? Yes. Anyway, yes, that um, was. We, we found a several of these. There, there are a few others out there that we found that are Sacks of the Week. If you come across them, let us know. But. That was our entertainment for the night. Yes, so uh, if you if you do have sacks of the weeks, or if you have good projects that you want us yes. to discuss, please send us um, an email at kitcast at ktdata.net or leave us a message on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash kitcast. Even if you don't want to leave a message, go like our page because we are 11 short from 100, and I would love to get to a nice even 100 um, be nice. likes on our page. So go give it a like on there. Um or you can just go find us on Twitter at KitCast for the show or at Night20 for that beautiful, beautiful man there. You'll see him in his awesome fedora or me at KT Data for some insane reason. If you would like to follow me on there. Um, and, and, and you can. Yeah, you can because it's the internet on there. Um, you can also find us on Google Plus, plus.kitcast.net. And always, I encourage you to come watch us live because. Live is awesome, and there's stuff that doesn't get recorded and shenanigans and That's craziness true. that happens so all the time. As soon as we hang this up, I'm going to start talking about the cleanest, my favorite project of the whole week. <laughs> but, but we were keeping it family-friendly, <laughs> yes. so I left it up. Yes. <laughs> On there, um, and, of course, if you want to watch live, our next episode is going to be April 28th, 2015, and you can find us at live.kickcast.net. On there, um, I'm going to plug something for Drew other than his adorable dog. If you guys watch the little big cast, make sure you guys tune in for episode 50. They're planning yes. big and great things. 50 is huge. I think we've made this far, but we're going to have a great uh, show this Saturday. We're hoping at 3 o'clock Mountain. We'll be live on twitch.tv slash littlebigcast. It's going to be fancy on there. Um, and yeah, and oh, to give you guys more incentive, if we get 100 likes, I'm going to start giving out away stuff like a copy of Secret Identity, the Andrew Allen Jazz album. Mm-hmm. For Marvel and DC, and hopefully by that time, Marcus Rocco's book to the moon will be here, and I will have a couple copies to give away. So yes, that will always be great too. I need we, yes, yes, we need those likes. Let's make it happen. Yes. So thank you everybody for watching, consuming, listening. However you intake the show, thank you so much. Thank you, Doctor. Well, not quite yet, Doctor Master Drew. Tyler. Master Drew, I'll take Ma- Master Drew. Thank you, Master Drew, for coming and doing the show. I I honestly have a blast, and I never know where our time goes. So uh, fast. Somebody give that man one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and um, hopefully by then, Drew will have taken over the world. So we will see you guys in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.